Wow, do we have something to tech about, where every episode focuses on ways students create digital evidence of active learning. As a Google for Education district, students and educators alike have free, unlimited access to apps that support creativity, collaboration, communication, and critical thinking, all elements of 21st century active learning. We are Google for Education certified trainers, Drew and Angie, with something Something to to tech about. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Something to Tech About. Today, we are talking with Richard Smith, the executive director of our first district, RISA. So Mr. Smith has been a veteran educator, and he began his career as a teacher and coach. And during his career, he also served in roles of assistant principal, director of CTAE, principal, a super assistant superintendent and superintendent. So welcome, Richard Smith. We're so excited that you're going to be here and join our conversation today. Well, thank you all for having me. Uh, I, like you said, I've done a lot of things. I'm not sure uh, how much I can add here, but we'll we'll give, give it a go and see what we can share with these folks today. <laughs> Absolutely. We're, we're thrilled to have your experience um, and excited to chat with you. So I'm here. So we're going to start off with the um, a fun question that we are asking many of our guests, and it is just to um, start our conversation with the question of what is your superpower when it comes to education? Oh, that's, that's strange. My superpower, I, I've always been one. I think I can get people to uh, uh, kind of come together and work towards a common goal. I, I Maybe it's because I can become the common enemy sometimes. You know, that brings people together. But I I don't know. I I feel like I've always been able to uh, uh, see the big picture on things and put the right pieces in place and, uh, you know, get people to kind of come together and work as a team. And uh, so if if I've got one, that would probably be be as close to it as there is. That's an important one. That's a definite superpower to um, get everybody to buy in to what's going on. Big one there. Congrats. <laughs> we need more people like you. Well, I'm always sure. at it, but, you know, I mean, I, I've been I've been very fortunate to I've, I've worked for some great leaders. Uh, I've worked with great people. I've always uh, Don Turton. He was the first superintendent I worked for. And uh, he always said he said, you hire good people and you stay out of their way. And uh, I've been very good at doing that. Uh, <laughs> it's a joy to work for folks like that. That's for sure. Well, Richard, we're looking at your resume, so to speak, and you've had many positions in your educational career, and um, we're about to put you on the spot here. So if you had to choose a favorite role from all the things you've done, which which would you choose? And and tell us a little bit about why you think that's your favorite. Oh, that's easy, and I've I've shared this story before too. Being a high school principal was probably my favorite job. Really, I, I ever ever had. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed. I've enjoyed everything that I've ever done in education and uh, being around people. But but being a um, a cl- classroom teacher, you get to affect your classroom, and and those certainly. Those, I was a math teacher, and I enjoyed that. But when I was high school principal, I I was principal of Bleckley County High School for, uh, it seemed like forever, but um, <laughs> it, it, was, it was simultaneously the greatest job I ever had and the most stressful and difficult job I ever had. I bet. Um, you know, you, you worry about, 
all those kids. I had 800 children that I took home with me every day, and and you worried and you worried about you know in in, in the fall getting school started back. Did everybody have everything they needed? Uh, you worried when you took breaks or when you had to take a rain day or we didn't have many snow days in middle Georgia, but you mm-hmm. know, are these kids getting fed when they go home and when they're not coming to school. And then you worried in the spring, that kid that, um, you know, his graduation means way more to his mother and to you than it does to him. And, uh, it, you know, and, and I, I just feel like I've been very blessed to, uh, be in that, that role and, and hopefully have an effect on some kids. I've had, Kids over the years uh, come back to me and say, uh, you know, I, I, you, you'll never know what you did or what you, or do you remember when you told me so-and-so? And, right. And you, know, you kind of go along and you say, yeah, I, I, I think I do. And because and there's so many. <laughs> never know the impact that you're going to have on a child. And, uh, but, uh, you, you know, I, I, when, when I stepped away from that role, you get farther away from the kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the part you lost when I'm, or, or the loss when I went to the central office, became a superintendent. Um, we you had to find ways to be around kids and, uh, and, and and get that motivation and that that adrenaline rush that you got from uh, uh, seeing them be successful and seeing them succeed. Yeah, I think I experienced that as well because when I got went into instructional technology, you know, working more with the teachers, but when the opportunity to go in and work with teachers and the students, that was very re-energizing. And it's like, okay, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, so I can totally understand the um, the little oomph that students bring to the picture. Very much so. All right, um, Richard, you're a parent, you're an educator. And at the moment, you're a director of First District RESA. And times have certainly been challenging, you know, for everyone these last eight, almost, what, nine months maybe. But just generally speaking, and you seem like a very upbeat kind of guy and listening to your, uh, you talk about your interactions with your students. Um, Can you share some thoughts on ways for staying positive, um, not only during this pandemic, but just in general, when teaching and learning and parenting is such a demanding, they're all demanding jobs. Just some some insight as to how to stay positive. Okay, thank you for that question. That's uh, it, it's, it's funny, uh, at our last staff meeting, uh, I asked the question, I said, if you could go back March 13th, which was, you know, that last Friday when, when the world was normal, I guess would be a way to put it. You know, what advice would you have for yourself? And I, I, I think about my story through that. It was, um, it took me a couple of weeks to kind of get my sea legs, I think, and to kind of realize sure. that uh, this may be more than a snow day. You know, it's mm-hmm. not going to just be out for a couple of days and everything's going to go back the way it was. And we kind of had to reinvent who we were and what we were and what, what our purpose was. Um, we, at First District Research, we rapidly realized that our job was going to be help teachers be prepared to teach from home if that was, if this lasted for, for a long time. I know I, uh, I, I have a, we, we started not that next week, but the following, the second week we were out, started having a weekly phone conference, phone 
call with uh, all the superintendents in our re in our recent uh, nineteen of them, and wow. uh, that became a real positive thing for all of us. I think uh, we we kind of went, went along, and there was a lot to talk about to start with, and everybody was trying to learn, and we were able to connect with uh, you know state level people, uh, the state director for uh, uh, school superintendent association, John Zoner joined us and was able to give us updates and and uh you know but and after a while we got to the point where okay do we need to keep doing this and we talked about it and all of them said no we want to keep doing it because it's it it gives me a, a chance to kind of understand that i'm not in this by myself and that i'm mm-hmm. not uh, i'm not the only one dealing with these issues of course when you know it, the, the issue of how do we hold graduation how do we uh how do, we, how do we get through the summer? How do we start back with athletics? How do we, uh, how do we, how do we start school again? What's that going to look like? And what's everybody else doing? And, um, you know, so, so from that standpoint, the motivation became not really different than what we'd always done. How do we help people? You know, we're, yeah. we're in, in the roles that we're in now, we are, we are teachers of adults. And how do we help those adults? And maybe our focus became not so much about the content, but more about how do we help them cope with all that's changing and how fast it's changing. The um, somebody made a statement one time that you know when you get overwhelmed, it means you've either got something coming too much coming at you, or you've got it coming too fast. Well, mm. in the last six months we've had way too both. <laughs> so well, a lot of overwhelming feelings and. Getting back to them to staying positive, I got to spend a lot more time at home. I, I've been doing this for thirty something years now, and my life revolved around the schoolhouse. My kids grew up going to ball games, and uh, we went. You know, everything we did revolved around something going to you know that had to do with school. I, I had not spent that much time at home or missed that many days of going to the office ever, and that's mm-hmm. what I'm getting used to. So I had to find things. Uh, you know, my, my, my yard, my grass looks better than it has ever looked. Uh, you know, I've, I've been able to do some things in, in flower beds around the house, which is not really my forte, but you find things to keep you busy. I think when you're, uh, uh, when, when you're in, in education, you have, you're driven so much by the routine of education and the calendar that, that we're on. We, I struggled with knowing what to do with all my time. Mm-hmm. Well, I had some things in there, you know, uh, having those weekly conversations with superintendents, talking to other, you know, fellow educators, meeting with, with my staff on a regular basis back in, in May and June and Ju- in July, that, and hearing their stories and just see, you know, when, when we all got experts, became experts at Zoom and Google Meet and all those things, being able to see faces, that, that lets you know that um, while things were very different, our mission was still the same and, uh, and we just had to redefine what our role was. Yeah, still making those connections and comes back to the relationships and, and different things like that. And just Very much so. Mm-hmm, just the connections were done a little differently for the last several months. <laughs> they sure have. <laughs> they sure have. Connect with us on your favorite social media channel. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at STTechAbout. 
Richard, it's funny how you mentioned that you were thinking about how your role was changing, you know, over the past several months and what that was going to look like when all of this first started. But when you think back to um, the last piece of our school year here, um, how did your role of director of First District RESA change as a result of, you know, the different styles of delivery of instruction you were all providing or even the content that you may have changed up due to the needs of the, of the, of the professionals in your area? I think we, you know, it gets back to the relationship piece that, 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 that Drew mentioned. We all became connectors and, and, and support people and counselors or therapists, mm. whatever word you want to use there. Uh, you know, I know I can remember having group conversations with my staff, but then have individual conversations with them and, and them not wanting to talk about what, what they were doing in their school, but wanting to talk about what was going on with them. And they were worried about their kids and they were worried about their families and they were worried. And, and you know, that, that part of the relationship piece and that part of, of our job for any leader, regardless of the industry, has had to take a, 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 a larger role in what we're have, have have faced in these last few months, and um, uh, you know, being a motivator, uh, you know, and letting them know that they, it, it's okay to be uh, worried, it's okay to uh, um, to have concern, and to worry about your parents. I know so many of the uh, mm-hmm. folks in my age bracket, our parents have gotten older, and you worry with all the problems with COVID and how it affects older people and our older generation or people with pre-existing conditions. You worried about those things probably more than, I know I did more than I ever have in my life. Um, so that's taking that role and taking those pieces while, while we were still working with the same people. Uh, I, I, I know all the superintendents, I probably uh, average talking with, you know, the 18 or 19 of them, I talk to 12 or 15 every day and my goodness, uh, I'd have some, you know, you know, by, by eight o'clock in the morning, I talked to seven or eight of them usually, you know, and they were, they were all want to know, well, what's so-and-so going to do over there? What, what are they thinking? How are they going to open back up or, or, or how much, how, what virtual plan are they going to use? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and I was, I was able to do a lot of connecting and, 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 and pull some pieces together and they call and say, what do you, what do you think everybody's doing with this? And we, we send out a Google poll right quick and do it to a form and, and get information. And it made us, made us a lot more responsive with those type of things probably than we'd ever been. And it let people know that we were a resource that we could do. One of the um, things that we were able to do that came out of it, and I credit uh, Don Zahner and Buddy Costley, who were with the Superintendents Association and uh, the Georgia Educational Leaders Group, they started a Friday phone call with all the RISA directors, there's 16 RISAs in the state, and a superintendent from each group, and talking about what's going on in the different regions across the state, and connecting wow. and sharing ideas. And we created a network where, if if you know, as you, particularly as we started back to school, you need a form for this, or you need a way to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it created such a great network across the state. That, that I had never been involved in in all my time, you know, at that at that, at that level, to be able to just share things out and and, and get things and and 
you know, I'd get emails all through the week and say, has anybody got uh, a, a, a good protocol for how you're going to let kids back in the building or how you're going to do open house? Right. And you get just multiple responses back. And then you could take, uh, while, while there may not be a perfect answer for you, you could take all the pieces and put it together and make it work for you. Right. That's that's one thing that's just that amazes me about all of um, the things we've experienced over the past several months is the amount of learning that everyone has had to do on a very short time span, I guess I could say. And and it has really brought people together in ways that we had not anticipated in terms of working together and solving problems together and what worked at your district might work in mine. And it, as much as we are all apart in several ways the technology has allowed us to kind of pull together and pool resources and ideas and, and move forward. Yeah. And kind of on that same note, um, just talking about the changes you were mentioning and so forth and the way different ways education is being delivered. Um, you know, whether it's hybrid face to face, you know, virtual, if the chance that we ever get post pandemic, what direction <clears throat> do you see, education going? I mean, it's taken a pandemic to get us uh, to embrace the usefulness of technology. How do you see education post-pandemic? Interesting question. We talk a lot about our why. Why do we do something? You know, mm-hmm. um, you know somebody asked me, what do you do? You know, I tell them I'm, I'm an educator. I'm, I'm a director. I've been a principal. That's, that's, that's the what, you know, but the why I do it is because I have a heart for kids and I want to see them be successful and have the opportunities that education can bring for them. And that's the part that hasn't changed. And that's what we've got to make sure we keep keep in mind. The, the technology is great, you know, the bells and whistles and everything, but that's not the education piece. That's the right. delivery. And I think that this pandemic has brought that out more than anything we could have ever done. While they are great tools, they are just that. They are tools. Exactly. Western talk, talks about that, 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 you know, don't let the, the tool drive the lesson. Let the lesson determine which tools you pick to do it with. So um, as, we, as we move forward, we've got, we, we're learning to do things differently. I don't think post-pandemic we will ever go back to strictly 100% brick and mortar. Everything's done the way it was always done. Uh, you know, I've heard lots of people say, I'll be glad when things get back to normal. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's going to be a new normal. It's, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to still educate kids. We're still going to emphasize education and what the, you know, the doors that, 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 a, that a good education can open and the opportunities it can provide. But how we reach them, you know, is is virtual the answer for everybody? I, I don't I don't think so. I think there is there is something to be said and, and great benefit in face-to-face tra- tra- tradition. Sit in my classroom and let me impart knowledge. Now, that doesn't mean that that's the only way. It's just like, you know, we talk about teaching strategies all, you know, for years. And and while lecture is a great teaching strategy, has a, has a high effect size, if done correctly, that's not the only way that you need to teach. There is exactly for all this technology. There is a place for virtual learning, uh, but just like not every kid's going to learn by sitting in a lecture type classroom, not every kid's going to learn when they're 
in a uh, virtual setting for, for lots of reasons, lots of the same reasons. Sure. Fortunately, some kids don't have the supervision at home. Some kids don't have the connectivity or the, you know, we can give them a, a, a laptop or a Chromebook, but we, if they live in a, a place where there is no Wi-Fi signal, then it's not, it's not going to be as effective. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very powerful there. Be our guest. Join in our conversation on a future episode and share your favorite resources, strategies, and even student projects. You're not in Savannah? No problem. We're just a phone call away. Complete the online form to be our guest on www.somethingtotechabout.com. I think about um, the post-pandemic piece, and, and I'm just hopeful that... You know, as educators, we just all continue to learn and continue to embrace the the best practices that we can to impact as many students as possible. And if someone needs to learn virtually, then I hope we can make that happen for them. You know, if someone needs to come into the building, I hope we can make that happen for that child. I think that there'll be some ways to maybe look at things a little bit differently. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with all of that. Very true. Be responsive to what that child needs. Exactly. That we can help them. A, a kid that can they, they can take the virtual and run run with it, let them go. You know, give them that and give them what they need. Right, let's, right. In our building, let's, uh, let's make sure we don't lose sight of, of, of the, those students also. Absolutely. Exactly. Ha, you took my word, Drew. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I say it all the time. Absolutely. Guess, yeah, no more snow days or no more um, hurricane days, you know, storm days, because uh, this is kind of preempted or gotten us prepared for all of those kinds of days, too. Funny so there's that just a few weeks ago on uh, a call we had, one of the superintendents was talking and said, you know, that that makes that call so much easier because mm-hmm. instead of saying, okay, oh. we've got a snow day and nobody comes to school. We say it's a snow virtual day and everybody learns from home. There you go. Okay. And now that we've got those processes in place, it's much easier to do. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. I said it again. You did. That's okay. I'm, I'm delighted. It's not just me that says that. Well, <laughs> on a lighter note, speaking of absolute and bloopers, um, you know, the three of us here to, in this in this call today, we all have a technology background in some way or shape or form. And I don't know about you, but we cannot count how many bloopers we've actually created. So, but our question is, do you have um, a like a digital faux pas that you've experienced in the past that actually turned <laughs> into <laughs> a great learning experience for someone else that you might be willing to share? Oh, I'm sure my... <laughs> I'm full of those. So, uh, I, you know, to take one right off the hand, I, I'm, I am, uh, I, I, I used to think I was really good with technology, and then I met Daniel Rivera, and I oh yeah, yeah, I don't really know much, you know. So, uh, I, you know, you hire good folks and you let them work. That's 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 the, that's one of the best hires I've ever made, probably. But uh, you know, I'm I learn to do Google Meets and all that, and I. I I've, you know, you get caught off mic, you get, think you're showing a video and then it doesn't work. And, uh, you know, so I mean, I've got all kind of stories with that. But, uh, <laughs> one particular one that I'm willing to share, I don't know that I've got. 
saying it would be funny and uh, and and meaningful at the same time. So I think it's uh, I, I do think this this virtual piece has opened up a lot of new issues. Uh, speaking of of faux pas and things that go wrong with uh, you know we're 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 hearing more and more about the I think one of the the, the silliest ones was. Somebody reported a, a, a child had a BB gun hanging on his sitting by his door that was on a virtual thing, you know, and yeah. you, and then um, I, I think you have to remember too that while some kids want to be a part of this, not everybody wants you to come into their home, either. right? And uh, you know they don't want to show they don't want anybody knowing where they live and what they're what they're dealing with, and uh, it's it kind of. They, we were talking. We had a debate a while back about, you know, do you turn your cameras on or do you leave them off or what do you require? And there's kind of, and uh, I think the answer to either end is, is is yes. You want them to, but you want them to be comfortable with that. And you want them. The more we get uh, advances in this, where they can put their backgrounds up and they can do blue screen type things without the all the equipment. That I think that that's that helps make this a better option for lots of kids. But um, Indeed. Well, I that think wasn't thing, too bad of a blooper. No, sorry. That, that was, that was, but you know, one thing's for sure is that I, even as technology people, I feel like I've made so many mistakes in terms of, you know, in front of students where my mic's not on or the thing I want to show them doesn't show up or, you know, all of a sudden I'm frozen and I'm, I've got a pretty decent internet connection. And so I think sometimes it humanizes the teacher too. So I'm supposed to be the one that's teaching the technology type skills to students, but still things go wrong at my house. You know, it's, it's not something we have to, we, have, we don't have to be experts, I think is, is the thing a lot of people are learning. We're, we're all doing our best and we are, you know, we're here for the students and we are definitely all in a learning position for sure. No matter how much technology you think you know, no one has done this on this scale before we uh so. somebody here when we were having a meeting said everybody is a first year teacher this year mm-hmm. and, yes uh, we're all learning and we've all yeah um uh, all trying to uh to catch up and stay one day ahead of the lesson so. <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> one day ahead is a great place to be right now <laughs> wow and that's not easy to do for not sure at, not at all well, Richard, we want to thank you for taking the time um, to talk with us today. We sh- we we thoroughly enjoyed your enthusiasm, absolutely, and, absolutely. and, and <laughs> the conversation. Um, and we encourage our our listeners within the first district RISA to go check out fdresa.org to see the offerings for professional development um, being offered, as well as many other things that you can find on that site. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. This is Drew and Angie giving you something, something to, to tech about. To tech about. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, this has been a great time. Enjoy it.